from Los Angeles, California, this is the Writer Strike Chronicles, and I'm Tanya Barnes. On Friday, November 9th, the fifth day of the Writer Strike, there was a rally at the Fox Plaza. Norman Lear was there in a show of support and gave a brief speech. Let's listen. This is fabulous. You know, I was there when we struck the pharaoh. <laughs> and, and as a matter of fact, I have slept with each and every one of them. <laughs> I was asked, uh, I, I had not expected to speak at all. And I was asked if I would. I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted to look at all of this. What's that? Louder! Well, just let me say, it's all been said, I can't say it any better than I've heard it, uh, but I was asked as a producer, why am I here, and I said, a producer, first came the word, and I followed that word, and this is my nuclear family. So, bless y'all, and bless that cause. That was Norman Lear at the Writer Strike Rally. Coming up next, we speak to screenwriter Ron Moskowitz. Let's listen. What's your name? Ron Moskowitz. My name is Ron Moskowitz. I write features. Do you pay attention to any new media? Do you watch new media? Listen to media? And if so, what are you watching or listening to? Uh, I follow a couple. I, I actually listen to a lot of the radio over the internet. I do a lot of my listening to KCRW online, which includes news shows like The Business and music as well. So that's how I get a lot of my new media. Obviously, like a lot of people, I watch my show of YouTube. I go watch daily show clips on their website. That kind of stuff. That's most of where my... Okay, from what I'm hearing, producers are saying that they don't make money off of new media. That's categorically untrue. You can go online right now and see the most recent episode of Lost, and you'll click on it, and before you see it, they'll play an ad. And then they'll play to the first ad break on TV, and they'll play another ad. And in fact, they are playing that instead of running it on the network the second time. They could, they used to be, with all those hour-long dramas, especially even the serial ones, they would run them multiple times on the network and the writer would get paid for that. They've decided it's better for them to run it online with those ads than to run it on the network again. So clearly, they must be making something. And it's ad-supported. You, you, you can't skip the ads or you know anything like that, even like you can with TiVo. So they're making money. Revenue is coming in. How do you think they're uh, getting their ratings? I mean, how do they know how many eyeballs are looking at those ads or those, you know, their show? Uh, you know, it's easier for them to tell, I think, online than on TV. Because with TV, uh, you know, every time somebody clicks, you know. it's Nielsen ratings are a guesstimate. And so their numbers are probably more accurate. And they probably know more about who's actually watching because a lot of the websites you have to say, you have to just click in, oh, I'm, you know, 28 and this is what I do, you know, and I'm a, I'm a male and whatever. Um, and not only that, but they have other ways to monetize it because you'll see their, their click-through links. 
So while they're showing you an ad for Pontiac, you can click on a, you can click on it, and it will take you to Pontiac's website. So it's integrated advertising. They're definitely, I mean, they're making money. So why is this important to you? Why is this important to you? Well. Everybody who is a screenwriter knows that this is an industry where you go through fallow periods. Uh, you know, you hear in the press about, oh, you know, so-and-so sold a script for a million dollars. Well, that's great when it happens to people, but most writers don't make that. And even when you do have the big sale, you might not get any work at all for two or three years. Uh, William Goldman, who is famous for writing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, some other, uh, All the President's Men... He talks about a five, if you, in his book Adventures in the Screen Trade, he talks about a five-year period in his career when his phone doesn't ring. And he had written those films, he had won Oscars, and for whatever reason, he was cold. And that's, residuals are how you survive through that period of time. This is a very high-risk business. You, you expect to spend time unemployed. Residuals are, and they're, you know what? They're also good for the industry. Mark Cherry, who created Desperate Housewives, has said that he would have quit the business if he wasn't being supported by his residuals while he was creating Desperate Housewives, which has subsequently gone on to be a huge show, make a ton of money for the network. So it's good for everyone. As we wrap this up, is there anything you want to punch out? Our demands are completely fair. They're completely reasonable. We want to go to work. We're looking forward for the opportunity to get to work. Let's make it happen soon. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Listening to the Writer's Strike Chronicles. I'm Tanya Barnes. For more information, visit my website, www.tanyabarnes.com/slash WGA. That's www.tanyabarnes.com/slash WGA. Feel free to give me a shout out at 310-439-8754 or ping me at WGA Strike 2007 at gmail.com. Music is by Falik off the album Evolution, which can be found at magnatune.com.